Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. They smell like hardware stores. Oh, oh, Bre- and I have a note from Mr. Fratelloni from yesterday. We recorded another beer show. He yeah. says he is looking yeah. for great GLers for full-time work at all of his locations. Really? Wow. Yes. So if you're looking for a gig, get in touch with Mr. Fratelloni at any one of the 22 Fratelloni's locations. Fantastic. Right. See you guys later. See, See ya. ya, John. Goodbye. <laughs> I get to work in the nuts and bolts section. That's uh, podcast number 643 today, June 23rd, 2021. 99 degrees was the high on this day on two occasions, 1922 and 1937. And in 1972, it was as chilly as 44 degrees. Aquaside was around then, but I bet the kids were inside reading comic books because it was too damn cold to go into that weed-free, muck-free swimming area right in front of the house. Aquaside uh, products are easy to use. They work quickly. They're safe. They're uh, registered with the EPA and DNR. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake this summer. Call Aquaside today. They're a White Bear Lake company. They'll help identify your weed problem and make sure you get the right products. Your place will look great all mm-hmm. summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I want to do this right at the top so I can get this off my screen. I have a $10 bill that says, I'll make it $5. Oh, I'll go 10 if anybody wants to bet me. You're wavering on confidence in the three of us. No. Oh. I, I, I got a $10 bill that says, short of a nuclear strike on New York City today, God forbid, the lead story, particularly with this David Muir character on ABC Nightly News, will be the heat wave in the Pacific Northwest. Oh. Anybody want to take me on? No, I am not no. taking that on. No, right. no, right. nope, 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 uh, Because nope. it gives him a chance to espouse hysteria. Yes. So I had to do the sense wins. Spokane, Washington, uh, the June record was 105 in 2015. The all-time record was 108 in 1928 and 1961. Pasco, Washington, June record, 111 in 2015. The all-time record, 115 in 1898 and 1939. Seattle, 96 in, uh, was the June record in 19. 19- 55, 1995, and 2017. Uh, the all-time record, 103 in 2009. Portland, 102 was the June record in 2006. The all-time record, 107 in 1965 and 1981. And Medford, Oregon, 111 was the June record in 1992. The all-time record was 115 in 19. 19- 46. There, I just have to do and that. Now, I feel like I owe it to people. <laughs> I just feel that I owe that to people, and I, I just have to get... Nothing has changed. Nothing. Nothing has changed. More people are in harm's way of dangerous heat, uh, but nothing has changed. This, these weather patterns have been around since the beginning of time as the climate has changed and will continue to. So what you're saying the beginning is of time. in June and July, it gets hot. 
It does. It's subtle. Yeah. yeah okay. August, too. Yeah. August, too. Uh, correction. I think this one's on me from uh, Bill Stein up in Aiken. Let me start with the minor correction. Yesterday, you mentioned that I live in Crow Wing County. I actually live in Aiken County. But as in Tina Frey's impression of Sarah Palin, I can see Crow Wing County from my house. <laughs> as for Scott from Inver Grove's theory of disappearing clouds being alien spaceships, fire up the scan bucket. Okay. <laughs> Years ago, while lying on a secluded Canadian island recovering from the effects of a three-martini shore lunch, I witnessed a lone white cloud in a clear blue sky as it slowly disappeared. I even videoed it as it did. Yesterday was much a clear blue day up here in my backyard, lots of blue sky with many fluffy little white clouds gamboling about. In the time it took to listen to you read and cogitate over Scott's delusion, I witnessed three clouds disappear. I would like to point out to Scott that clouds are made of water vapor. When the conditions are ripe for blue skies and low humidity and fair winds, the clouds naturally evaporate. Keep your eye on the sky. Good luck, Bill. And let me follow that up with a note from Scott from Invergrove. First, I wanted to let you know that I really did see some weird clouds on two separate occasions. Believe me, uh, I would never try to pull one over on the mare. After all, I respect you way too much, and it goes against the ethical and moral values of a garage logician. But this is the bad part. On the subject of my illness with COVID-19 back in November, I did not come out of it unscathed. Four months after coming out of my brain fog, I had a relapse of the brain fog in April. This time, however, it has not gone away, and it's been over two months. After waiting six weeks to be seen by a neurologist, I was told to have an MRI. As it turns out, I have what is called gileosis in the white matter of my brain. Most often, gileosis is associated with people who have Alzheimer's or multiple sclerosis, but they're finding that it is popping up in people who had COVID-19. Basically, the immune system's fight against the virus causes damage to the white matter of the brain. Unfortunately, the damage does not appear to be repairable, but I hope that it doesn't get any worse. Joe, as I've always believed, one's health is their wealth. The way I look at it, somebody else has it worse than me tenfold. So onward and upward, never afraid and always pushing back, Scott from Inver Grove. Well, good luck, pal. Jeez, I hate to hear that. It's horrible. I don't like the words non-repairable when you're talking about the the old noggin. I don't like anything that says white matter in the brain. Do you... uh... Do you have any more really super depressing news you can share with us at the outset of the program? No, I have uh, I have another correction. Oh, who's this one oh. for? Uh, this Get out is the music. Uh, I hope it's for me. It's a music one, I think. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. <laughs> I was catching up on last week's. Thursday podcast on my daily hike last night, five miles with 1,000 feet elevation gang. Again, insert a reaver's groan here. You were discussing yacht music and had Stephen C. on. I'll have to say that as soon as your podcast was over and before starting on Friday's podcast, I switched over to Pandora and started listening to some yacht music. It made my evening stroll in the Rocky Mountains so, so much more enjoyable. I sat and looked over the Fraser Valley for a few minutes, just enjoying life. Thanks for that little peace of mind. The world seemed a lot better after that. Then I got home to the wife and kids. Now for a little fact base check concerning Friday's podcast. You stated that federal employees receive 45 days off. Well, here is the correction. I'll do the math for you and the research since the dummies won't. 
just to give you a little street cred, I'm a retired federal officer of 27 years, and I couldn't wait for each milestone below, based on 26 pay periods a year. Service years from one to three, you receive four hours of annual leave. I don't want to read this whole thing. I won't go into all the hours that you can hold over for the next year or how the sick leave will help your retirement, but let's just say it's far and above what most people receive in their careers. Nothing irritates me more is when I hear federal employees complain about their jobs or how they are compensated. So the next time you hear a government employee bitch and moan about their job, just remind them of all the great benefits they receive. All right. For example, service years of 15 plus, you receive eight hours of annual leave vacation time per pay period, which equates to 26 days, four hours of sick leave per pay period, which equates to 13 days. And now with Juneteenth, 12 paid holidays, 13 with an inauguration day, which gives you a possible total of 52 days off. Wow. Ooh, my head is spinning. I have no idea what you just said there. I, I did not keep up. We have to deal. We don't have to. We choose to. We choose to deal every day with the declining moral and ethical integrity of the country across all dynamic fields. Yes. All yes. socioeconomic strata, all races, all genders. I had an idea driving in today that every day, each of us, however briefly, Report seeing something that is pure Americana. I love that idea. Today I saw, here's mine. I don't know if you can, I didn't give you any heads up, so you might not have one for today. I saw three guys, probably 10, 11, 12 years old, each with a golf bag over their shoulder, walking to the Highland Golf Course. The best part, one of the lads had black socks on. (laughs) A kid after your own heart. And I just thought, I have just seen a little hunk of Americana. But we have to look for it. Yes, we do. We have to look for it to calm and soothe us as we fight the raging battles of cultural war. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. Oh, I see it every day. And now it's going to be easy for you, Kenny. It's going to be easy for you. Because... It's going to be difficult for those of us who live closest to the country's tallest buildings. Well, in all honesty, I know I'm not allowed to tell tell town ball stories. That's half the reason I'm involved. That's Americana. Because you drive, you know, driving to the South Dakota border on a Friday night to play a game is awesome. It's Mm -hmm. so therapeutic Mm -hmm. from having to deal with the nonsense downtown Minneapolis every day. Mm -hmm. Here's my Americana. It happens every day. I see this a couple of times, and usually sometimes it involves me is two guys going opposite directions in their vehicles stop in the middle of the street and have a conversation, (laughs) seemingly blocking traffic, but the people that approach us from behind go right around and wave because it's an everyday normal occurrence. There's no waiting, there's no horn honking, there's no uh, anger, rage, none of that. Let's continue this for a moment. The mail's getting delivered. That, to me, is a piece of Americana when the mail truck is on your block and the guy's guy's walking his route. Sure. And you wave to him, you get to know him, say hi. Uh, What else on a daily basis would be a balm against the decline of culture? Every single flagpole in this town has a flag hanging from it Mm -hmm. right now. Between Memorial Day and uh, a few days after 4th of July, there's got to be 800 flags hanging in this town. Right I think now. Flag Day was last week. 
Yes, and, it was. And small flags were put up all and down, so all up and down Summit Avenue. All right, now Paul. you're triggering my memory. Mm-hmm. If you take 169 into St. Peter, mm-hmm. there's a memorial park right before I think that that's Highway 22. Mm-hmm. There has to be a thousand flags mm-hmm. lining the memorial all around the city park. It's so cool. And that'll be by. true the farther away you get from the country's tallest yeah, buildings. Yeah, it's a really John, cool scene. You, uh, we probably haven't talked about it, but you just did a road trip out to Nodak and back. I did. You had to see Americana at every turn on that road trip. Yeah, well, especially the driving part when you brought up that thing about uh, stopping and talking. Yeah. Uh, very, very much uh, so that thing happens. And, of course, just the this thing. Yep. You know, you, you get the, the fingers. Wave. Hey, how yeah, are you? finger wave. And not a nasty finger wave, but a nice finger wave like, hey, good Complete to see you. Complete strangers. Complete yeah. strangers yeah. giving no, each other the up nod or the uh, two-finger wave. Even, exactly. even, in, uh, even in the center of urban America... Not always. It should be always. Not always. But sometimes, uh, if the streets are narrow and you pull over to let the oncoming car go by, yes, that yes. driver will give you a little finger up, you know, one yep. finger off the steering wheel. Yep. I'll take yep. anything, anything. Yeah. Mostly, yep. Yep. mostly, mostly you don't. No. Mostly you no. don't. Right. But when you do, that's Americana. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's so much easier to find that once you get out of the city. It's so much easier. Like like Kenny was just saying, when he's up up by him or way the, out in the outskirts past me, it's so much the easier. The thing for me, when I was living in the city, I can now reveal it. I lived across the street from a city park, and there's four um, baseball fields down there. And in the winter, it's hockey, big hockey rink in a big free skating area. Nothing brought me more pleasure than evenings. You know, the sun goes down mm-hmm. at 2 p.m. <laughs> to have those lights blazing and have all these kids from age 5 to 55 down there playing pickup games and teaching kids to skate and having fun and laughing and crying. The sound of pucks hitting boards Oh, my outside, God, you're reading my mind. That is the most Americana thing I possibly heard in that park. I was on a walk once and I trespassed. Because I could hear the puck hitting the boards behind a house. Yep. And I clomped my way back through through the snow, and there were two kids just practicing the hell out of that shot. Yep. Yeah. I'll just save that for winter. And then they when said, "When can I turn dark here? When then, can I go dark?" And then the two kids said, "Brother, we got to get inside. There's a creepy guy staring at us <laughs> through the garage window. Look at that stained jacket he's got on. Man, <laughs> terrible. Just terrible." All right, that's enough of the good stuff to hell with. All right. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> Short-lived. Uh-oh. Three guys, though. One of them had the dark socks on. That's great. Oh, that that's that's yeah. pretty good. Such, the other day uh, in the morning about 9.15, I'm headed down the highway back to my home, and I see uh, my roommate coming in her car. And I slow down and stick my hand out. We stop in the middle of the highway, 55 miles per hour, and the first thing she says is, this is the most country thing I have ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a country kid, isn't she? Uh, no, no. Oh, she's I thought been a she city was. girl oh. her whole life, oh. but she's all country now. <laughs> Washington Post is condemned for a video urging Americans to set up white accountability groups and force themselves into a period of deep shame over their skin color. The video is the latest in a series called The New Normal, hosted by Nicole Ellis. It aired on Friday and suggests white people segregate themselves into groups 
to discuss how white people have harmed people of color over history. One expert on the episode, Resma Monacum, suggests people take part in those groups for years before they can confront people of color. Trauma therapist Elise Kennedy said she took part in one such group and said it was important for white people to feel a period of deep shame. Blow it out your ass, lady. I'm not experiencing any deep shame, you fraud. No. The episode faced backlash with one saying the suggestions were akin to a pseudo-religious movement and constituted neo-racism. Jordy did some homework. The Washington Post CEO and his key executive team, there are 12 people on the team, no black people. They should all resign now. But the only thing I'm ashamed of is that these so-called Americans are my fellow countrymen. How do they not see the ludic- how ludicrous that is? How do they not see that? Because they're woke. They, they're, they're, de- they're, they're delusional. They believe that they're accomplishing something. They are racist. But, I mean, you could make a million absurd analogies that are just as stupid and they wouldn't see it. I think people with green eyes should reflect on how horrible they are. Mm-hmm. I think if you're left-handed, you should you're an mm-hmm. awful awful person if you're a lefty. Come on, man. Yep. And the inherent pressure to go along with this nonsense is really what's killing us because no, there no, are so many No, I don't many... think it's going to kill us. I think people are pushing back. There there are, yeah. but there are also a section of people, Joe, that feel that they have to go along with this for fear of being canceled. No, none of us do. That's a good point. Why do they feel that way? Whether it's their job. They're spineless. That they have to. Yeah, it's whether it's their job, their social peer pressure. There's all sorts of things attached to it. Well, the kid who spoke to the Rosemount uh, school board said he had teachers come up to him and agree with him, but they were, uh, for very guarded reasons, they did not make those opinions public. Right. Because they didn't want to lose their job. Yeah. Well, I know I've brought this up before, but how is this any different from uh, in North Korea when a great, great, great leader dies, all of the citizens have to go out on the street and genuflect and lash themselves and cry. It's not any and, different. And, and, do, and do all these uh, public acts because if they don't, their neighbors will turn them in right. and yeah. they'll be horrible citizens. It's no and different at all. We've talked about this before, too, that when something actually happens that people should react to, you're so desensitized by stupid stuff like this that it's, you know, nobody reacts to it the way they should. So I did. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, if something happens, though, that there's so much stuff like this mm-hmm. that you should just, that should not happen, that when something, that when you should do something about something, you just don't react. You just say, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. While traveling to Minnesota, we landed in Minneapolis, rented a car, and traveled to Hermantown. On our way, we made a detour to Hugo, Minnesota, and Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Nice. What a great store and meat market. After buying a few beef sticks, I looked around for the famous meatloaf. I picked out the Minnesota meatloaf. I found my wife talking with another shopper who had a brother living in Tampa, Florida, which is where we are from. I found that the meatloaf to be the best I have ever eaten. If we lived in Minnesota, I would make special trips to Grunhofer's many times a month. Thanks for letting the GLers know about this wonderful store, John, in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Well, I'm telling you, people from all over the country, if they are coming to Minnesota, they make a run to Grunhofer's in Hugo. It's right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo for the brats and the Wagyu steaks and burgers, ham, bacon, salmon, seasoning. 
the meatloafs and uh, new store going to be opening up soon. Spencer uh, is having his way with the City Hall and Forest Lake, and he will prevail. In the meantime, of course, the original Grunhoffers is right there waiting for you on the Highway of Meat and Love, Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. Hey, GLers, it's officially mosquito season. If you're getting eaten up in your yard, please call my guys at Mosquito Shield. They are owned and operated by GLers, fantastic people. Ray and Mike, they are a father and son team who own and operate two franchises right here in the Twin Cities. They've been at it since 2014. And now in western Wisconsin, listen to this. Jay was so impressed last year by Mosquito Shield ads on GL that he wanted the service for his yard. So he said, heck with it. He bought his own franchise, and he is now serving western Wisconsin. These guys are legit. I have had them done in my yard. And here's why it's important. They use a proprietary blend that is specifically formulated to rid your yard of mosquitoes and ticks. It was invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield. They will take great care of you and your yard. Do this right now. Find them online at MoShield.com. That's M-O-Shield.com. Click on the locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin and you'll find them. Or just give Ray and Mike a call at 612-619-1556 for Minnesota Yards. And for Western Wisconsin, you can call Jay or Jack at 715-410-4221. If you mention GL, you are going to get $75 off your service with Mosquito Shield. And now a man who's on more than he's off, Joe Zuzure. You can take that uh, a variety of ways. That's right. <laughs> Gentlemen, I received for the very first time a complaint about our cherished partner, Seafoam. Oh, no. Here it goes. Here it goes. Dear dum-dum, getting ready to see my pops today and bring him his Father's Day gift, a can of Seafoam and cash, I ran across a small issue with the product for the first time. It's incredibly hard to wrap or even get a ribbon to stick to the slick tin round can. Now a handy four or six pack of sea foam in a thick cardboard box, perhaps one with a ribbon already printed on it, and maybe even a two from tag would make giving sea foam as a gift that much easier. Write it on there with a magic marker. <laughs> sincerely, Craig, our GL pitmaster. Uh, you know what? I think Craig has an excellent idea. A sea foam gift box. That is a wonderful idea. But did you notice what I noticed, Joe? He gave his dad cash. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I, hope our kids are, I hope our kids are listening because <laughs> I like that too. It's a local company. They save us time and money around the globe, but it's darn hard to stick a ribbon on those cans. A good problem to have. It's available everywhere. It's the best. Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Of course, it's Seafoam. Uptown, uh, where do our sensibilities lie? Uptown business owners are on the hook to clean up graffiti or pay the city of Minneapolis to do it. What? I've never thought about it. Who's, whose responsibility is it? To, why, not, why not get the protesters to do it? If you've been through Uptown lately, you've probably noticed a lot of buildings tagged. Business owners have to pay to clean it up, only to sometimes find it's been tagged again the next night. The Lynn Hall's Ann Spath says the graffiti is so constant she calls it unmanageable. I would imagine it's in the thousands of dollars that we've now had to spend, said Spath, who opened the restaurant on Lindale in 20. 17. The cleanup costs are rarely covered by insurance. The ongoing damage is keeping Jeff Essig's crew particularly busy. These areas have been the worst, but we've seen it in the suburbs, the outskirts of town, as far away as St. Bonifacius, said Essig, the owner of Clean and Seal, 
It's an expensive service, especially when it's an emergency. Spaeth says what's more frustrating is a graffiti enforcement letter she got from the Minneapolis Public Works Department in March that gave her eight days to clean up the graffiti or said city crews would do it and bill her. Mm-hmm. We work for them, don't we? Mm-mm. We just we work do. for the state. Yes, the city. we do. Yes, oh, we yeah. do. No, we the do. city temporarily suspended that practice last week, but only for the specific area of 29th Street East to 31st Street East between Hennepin and Fremont. It doesn't include space building, so she confronted the agency's director. I said, well, what are you going to do to help us as business owners? I don't see much of a police presence anymore. That's clearly happening. And this is clearly happening overnight. Who's coming to help us? Spaeth and several other business owners are now planning their next steps in a brainstorming meeting this week that could include hiring their own security teams to keep watch outside their buildings. At some point, you realize the, calv- the Calvary, that's, a, that's where Christ was buried, Calvary. Yeah. This is, the word is cavalry, whoever cavalry. Who the hell wrote this. <laughs> Jennifer Hoff, Care 11. Hey, Jennifer, Calvary is the burial uh, where Jesus was laid to rest. I think I'm actually a member of that church. And then busted out of the tomb. <laughs> it's Cavalry. Oh, this is this irritates me more than this story. No, what was her yes, name again? Even worse. What was her name again? Jennifer Holt. Hey, Jennifer. Um, Hoff, real, I'm sorry. Hoff. Hoff. Jennifer Hoff. Jennifer, yep. real, real quick, you are now getting a glimpse of what it's like to write the podcast descriptions every single day <laughs> yeah. for the GL yeah. podcast. I would like to see Jen Jen use words like manure, uh, crick. Uh, <laughs> I, I could really, co- uh, yeah, I could really coach her on uh, on language skills. Listen to this. Come on, kid. At some point, you realize if the Calvary isn't coming, you have to form your own, said Spaeth. Well, we also found out from the city, we being Care 11, apparently, that uh, business owners can contact the graffiti hotline if they can't meet the cleanup deadline. And if you're waiting for the Calvary to come, it ain't coming. Well, I got news for you. He promised he'd return as part of his deal. <laughs> God right. does not is not Dude. in the graffiti business. You don't think so? No. Well, the Calvary. By the way, in, in her defense, in her defense, <laughs> there's no defense for that. I'm gonna guess. No, that there is no defense for. When it. she was writing the story, she was looking for the red squiggly Godless line. Godless heathen. You know, and she said, "Well, she didn't see a red squiggly I line." Guess. That's probably right. Spell check will give I, you Calvary. That's right. I have a better excuse for. Her. It's a direct quote, so maybe Spaeth actually said Calvary. Oh no, I, I, no, I'm not, bad, I'm not. No, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying bad, that. I'm not buying news, that. Uh, yeah. Bad news for you, Such. Uh, to me, they're both the same word. I can't pronounce them different. I can't spell them differently. Well, I, I they're can't. The same word. I can't. Uh, but here's the deal: that has always been the case in Minneapolis. That nothing has changed. That's always. The business owner has always been responsible for cleaning the graffiti off uh, their building. Okay. And I do and the like... Only place, the only place the city does it is on city property. And I do love how things like that get you so sidetracked and worked up that that then becomes an additional story. <laughs> to me, that was far worse <laughs> than the graffiti story. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? Uh. <laughs> Uh, this is from Rich in the Azores, Portugal. Oh, wow. Joe, Monday, 621 podcast. You talked about Mayor Melvin Carter being one of the 11 U.S. mayors who pledged to pay reparations for slavery. I couldn't help but think about how the 1st Minnesota Infantry Regiment 
ensured we remain one United States of America. On July 2nd, 1863, outnumbered three or four to one, the first Minnesota fought the Confederates at close range over 300 yards of open ground near Cemetery Ridge. The next day, the first Minnesota contributed to the repulse of Pickett's Charge, which effectively ended the Battle of Gettysburg and served as a turning point in the war. I guess yeah. it can be argued that the people who never had slaves fought and died for the people who were slaves. Pushing back, Rich from Azores, Portugal. The great little sidebar about Rich's story that third day when they repelled Pickett's Charge, they were told, you guys did a great job yesterday. Now go behind the lines here right. and just hang out and relax for the whole day. We got this. Mm-hmm. Minutes later, they were in the thick of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Joe, I recently brought my son down to Iowa State University for a day-long orientation program. He recently graduated from Farmington High School and is enrolled in their aerospace engineering program. The campus was lovely, and I'm sure it's a great school. In two separate meetings, they had a group of current students present information to the incoming kids. All of the female speakers led off with, my name is, and and I identify as she or her. None of the male students introduced themselves that way other than giving their names. When did this become the new norm? I didn't even think about their sexual identity, nor do I care. It seems needless to say, in my opinion. Good luck. I love your show. Steve from Invergrove Heights. Steve, it's been happening in the failed academy for ages. Just yeah. ages and ages. Kenny really p- the, picked up steam in the last couple of years. And the best is seeing it as part of like uh, social, social media bios. You'll see yeah. that a lot too, Joe. Twitter, especially. Oh, it's it's all over the place. Uh, Kenny, let me see if I still have what you sent me yesterday. It was fascinating. I don't know why I don't. I didn't mean to delete it, but Kenny, uh, uh, let's see if I have it. Forwarded here. me a story about a professor at Hamlin. You you want to know how failed the academy is? This screwball uh, thinks that uh, children's books, I'm paraphrasing, should either be banned or rewritten. Until they include climate change. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> not opening, kidding. Opening paragraph, a Minnesota professor recently debated in an editorial published in the New York Times oh, there. Where whether, whether, if is, whether it is fair to read his daughter classic children's book because they are set in a natural world that is now vanishing. Well, here, yeah. here this is a, a fellow who is disturbed and... His being disturbed is accommodated by the failed academy. There'll be no effort in the failed academy to pull this guy off to the side and kick him in the... Give this guy a groin kick. Oh, you want a groin kick? <laughs> What's his name, uh, Kenny? His up. name is Paul Bogart, an associate professor of English at Hamlin in St. Paul. Why'd you like to take classes from that bonehead? <laughs> kick, groin kick this guy. I'm trying to. That deserves this the the books he refers to are where the wild things are mm-hmm. swimmy the story of babar mm-hmm. a snowy day and make way for ducklings mm-hmm. i i can't account for that except to say a mental shortcoming of some kind that there's some disturbance there that you think the world is as natural today as it was a thousand years ago, and you don't it's, deny it's the, the world. You don't deny that the climate changes. It's been changing all the time. It changes all the time, bruh. 
Bogard writes that roughly two-thirds of the world's wildlife has been lost and oceans are increasingly imperiled. We don't know that. Hold on, he's going to get this. Uh, we don't know that. He wonders whether the world will continue to have snow or if the seasons will be further affected by climate change. He writes that North America has lost almost 3 billion birds in the past uh, We don't know years. that. Uh, the Daily Wire this is, points this is out incredible. Bogard could be referring to a 2020 report from the group World Wildlife Fund, which claimed that 68% of the world's wildlife was destroyed between 1970 and 2016. Uh, we don't know that. 68%? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. That the world of higher education has become such a den of iniquity. It's just so yeah. failed. Perfect description. It's just horrible. Horrible. And it's getting more and more expensive every year. Oh, I'm so glad I'm done. Uh, uh, Except I'll probably get hit up for these other 10 yeah, heathens you got, that are coming uh, up on the way here. You ain't done yet, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I have an odd question. I, yeah. I just looked up Paul. Yeah. And he is indeed in the English department. He teaches courses in first year writing, creative writing, and literature with yeah, I a bet focus. He's a great writer. Well, with a focus, now those are his courses, right? Yeah. The focus on all those are on the environment. Oh, boy. What? Oh. What? Why would that be a a focus for an English department? Remember what Heather McDonald said yesterday? She laments the absence of fine literature and... Mm-hmm. In the yeah. in the failed yeah. academy because it's that that's been replaced by morons like this guy, mm-hmm. who was a proselytizer and indoctrinator, uh, and his own child will be deprived of beautiful stories and, unless he's a liar and he's reading them to her anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I asked you off the air last week when we were talking about this. I tried to come up with a list of the books that I was forced to read in high school, and it's actually what made me fall in love with reading. Uh, and the one, the books I came up with: Animal Farm, yep. Gatsby, yep. Catcher in the Rye, yep. Huck Finn, oh, yeah. Catch Twenty Two, yep. and a bunch of Shakespeare nonsense that I hated. <laughs> Was there an agenda behind any of those books? You or? asked this the other day, and I, I, I don't think air, yeah. I don't think there was. No, I think they was considered good literature. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you you just answered your own question. It it turned you into a reader. Yeah. Except that Shakespeare crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I have to admit tough. that I've never really been terribly keen. I, I love some of his sayings, we murder to dissect, and there's a rat in Denmark. I smell, what's that? Uh, whatever. Uh, I, I can't uh, claim that I'm a profound Shakespeare fan. No. I mean, I have, uh, I have a tough time reading Faulkner, uh, so don't expect me to read Shakespeare. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's just a shame that the well again, it's not a shame. It's just inevitable that this is the uh, this is what you get at the failed academy. Uh, yeah. The guy's probably got tenure. Uh, he's getting oh, a no paycheck. Doubt. He's yeah. getting a paycheck, and he's yeah. a he's a he's he's different. <laughs> he, he's published four books. Little Brown has put out. Oh, really? Just, yeah. So he's uh, he's an author. Apparently, quote of note. Oh, Any titles? Well, I've never heard of them. What are the titles? Uh, the End of Night, Searching for Natural Darkness in an Age of Artificial Light. Okay, he's a That's dark one. person. He's a dark person. He doesn't want any lights. Okay. The, gr- the Ground Beneath Us, From the Oldest Cities to the Last Wilderness, What Dirt Tells Us About Who We Are. Okay. Hmm. Uh, oh, and he wrote a, a children's picture book. All right. What If Night, question mark, night, N-I-G-H-T. Yeah. 
And uh, what if night? What? I don't. I don't this know. This guy's don't hung know. up on night. Well, uh, he's also the editor of Let There Be Night testimony on behalf of, of the dark. You know you what, know? pal? There is night. There, you don't have to worry about it. It happens every day. What time? What time? Did I miss it? It was already in bed? I'm sorry to keep banging on this drum, but he sounds like a city that never leaves the city. Or and never, when he does, no. when, when he does, he looks for the bad in the country. He's a dark person. Yeah. His writing has appeared in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, Slate, Salon, Outside, Audubon. <laughs> One of Re- them is actually called Salon. Yes. <laughs> Re- Reader's Digest, National Geographic, Creative Nonfiction, and elsewhere. Oh, oh my God, help us. That is fantastic. Do we have an age on this fellow? Uh, there's a picture of him, I'd say 40, 52? perhaps. Oh, okay. 40-ish. Yeah. 40-ish, yeah. Got a oh, boyish-looking face. Just you know, a shame that the yeah. students are exposed to that guy. That's just amazing. Re- read me the opening paragraph again, Kenny, of the story. And where did the story appear? Um, I got this off of Alpha. All right. So you have to consider that source. But from what I've seen, they're a pretty solid source. A Minnesota professor recently debated in an editorial published by the New York Times whether it is fair to read his daughter classic children's book because they are set in a natural world that is now vanishing. That doesn't make sense on the face Uh, of it. We don't know that. The only way the world can be is natural. I found myself wondering if reading these books to my daughter would, in a way, be a lie, Bogart writes. Was it fair to tell her stories of healthy ecosystems and the steady seasons to which we've become accustomed? And isn't it typical that the New York Times would, would print that nonsense? Oh, right. Right just, away. They just, jump on that. They love that. What I've noticed in my uh, tromping around out in the woods, anytime there's been logging or a major change in a forest, roads pushed in, a lot of activity, within two to three years, the forest completely bounces back, and you have to look really, really hard to find evidence of man. Mm-hmm. Because, look at like the way... Say, uh, Mother Nature bounces back. It's her deal. What was the volcano in Washington in 1980 that erupted? Mount St. Helens. St. Helens. Helens. That's, yeah. that's repaired. Nature it's repaired amazing itself. amazing right now. Yeah, yeah. it's Nature amazing. Nature repaired itself. The, uh, I, I did find a synopsis of What If Night. Yeah, What uh, If Night like didn't exist or what? Uh, it's a little girl who wants playtime to never end, learns the importance of darkness oh. and rest okay. in What If Night. Rich blues and purples form a peaceful backdrop for nocturnal animals and insects, contrasting with the bright white of the moon and the young girl's knitted yellow hat. With her playful pup by her side, she grows to appreciate and preserve the darkness, taking care to turn off all the lights before tucking herself into bed to wait for another day of play to begin. The professor needs to get on I-90 or I-94 <laughs> and drive through one of the Dakotas in the middle of the night. Boy, you'll find night out there. Oh, my goodness, is it dark. Don't work anywhere near these crackpots. Get out to Center Point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park. Eight-building campus, rolling parkland, surrounded by trees, believe it or not. Do we got darkness over there? It's sometimes there's night there. Okay. But there's, there's walking trails, bike trails, great lunch spots, and there's insects and birds. <laughs> And you park free in front of your own building, okay. which you can customize for your own needs. No elevator waits. Get your own restroom. Purification system in the buildings. 
patios available and conveniently located to the airport and uh, highways 55, 62, 494, 35E. Work in a park-like setting. You and your employees will love it. Work where it's easier to work. Center point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park. For more info, go to escapetomendota.com. Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. Just check out their website right now chillboys.com there you can place your order for the comfortable boxers or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts sunglasses whatever you want go online right now here's the coolest part if you have an order over 40 dollars, it ships fast and free in the united states yeah anywhere they're a local minnesota company and they are so happy to be part of the garage logic family they also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now so do like we did become a part of the chill boys family whether you want the performance the bamboo it doesn't matter you're going to really be happy with your purchase at chill boys brand on twitter you cannot stop him he'll just make a move joe suchere i shouldn't be holding this grudge but i'm still steaming about the strips front page article on monday about the price of lumber and its effect on the building industry now don't get me wrong here they didn't really print any untruths they just didn't focus enough on the optimism, the good that's happening. They they mentioned, at least they mentioned twice, that the prices have been easing in recent weeks, and lumber prices continue to retreat from their recent highs as mills ramp up. And as we saw in the Wall Street Journal last week, uh, lumber futures are dropping like crazy. This is where you and aimhighconstructionmn.com come into play. That means if you've been thinking about it, and I know you've been hearing me uh, telling you to call Chris at Aim High, Today's the day. Get on the phone right now. Get on the internet. Schedule that project of yours from upstairs, kitchens, downstairs, bath, decks, roofs, sidings, garages. You name it. Aim High is the experience and proven track record to do that job perfectly. They're perfectionists. And as material costs on the bid, uh, on, the, on the job drop, so will your bid. Get a hold of them now. AimHighConstructionMN.com. You know, off air, we were commenting on what advanced air conditioning technology and stuff must be at work at t-mobile arena in yeah. las vegas where my montreal's won last night to take it back for a to take it back to montreal for i think what what would that be game six and uh you know it's 110 yesterday in vegas and the ice in there was fine and, and then i said i that the uh, electricity consumed in vegas must be extraordinary and then i said that town shouldn't even exist it's like New Orleans shouldn't exist. It's below sea level, and, New, and, and Vegas is in a place that has no water. It shouldn't exist. As re, and then I said, as recently as about 1946, it was a gas station and maybe two other general stores. And Reaver said, well, that's, not, that's, that's too long ago. That's, that's, that's old. 70-some years ago. And I said, that's fairly recent in the, in the cosmic scheme of things. Look how it's grown Okay, here's something for you. Santa Bell Jim loves to send me stuff to remind people how old they are. Do you realize, and everyone here will remember this, 
You realize it used to take two keys to start your car? What? Remember that? No. Oh, yeah, GM, let's say you had a Chevy. You had a round One. key that unlocked it, and yep. then with a round head on it and a square head was the ignition key. Yep. yep. Two keys to start oh, a wait, car. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So you had one key for the door, one key for yes. the ignition. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I did know that. And now you got yeah. a fob that does everything. I thought you meant there were you had to put one on one side no, and no, one on no, the other. No, 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 but two keys. You had the round-headed key. Yep. That unlocked the door. Then the square-headed key that fired her up. Remember the story of the woman that accidentally locked herself inside of her car? <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember the, what she just didn't how know how to possible? hit the button, right? Hold on, I got to find that story. Yeah, she, uh, she didn't know how. Okay, well, she, that, all right. Well, while you're doing that, may I tell you that we have a new alarm concerning tree inequity for communities of color. Wait, what? What? Tree what? researchers find tree inequity for communities of color. There's a okay. new research tool. That shows how the number of trees planted in neighborhoods is a direct reflection of income and equity. Because black people apparently have been not allowed to plant a tree or stand under one to keep cool. Although Biden's working on it. No, I'm kidding. Researchers from American (laughs) Forests found that with few exceptions, trees are disproportionately planted in wealthier and whiter neighborhoods. So we're taking the war on whiteness now to trees. Uh... Redlining in the fi- in the 30s is what laid the groundwork for this inequality resulting in communities of color hit the hardest by a lack of trees. We're not talking about scenery here. We're talking life and death infrastructure, said Jad Daly, president and CEO of American Forests. Well, I looked it up, spent a little time on their website. They're a nonprofit environmental hysterical group. <laughs> He says not having the right number of trees in neighborhoods is just as dangerous. Get this. Here we go. There's insanity in this country. Quite literally, people are nuts. He says not having the right number of trees in neighborhoods, and a guy like him apparently would know what the right number is, is just as dangerous as not having stop signs or traffic lights. Oh. Oh, it is. (laughs) How so? Can you see my face on the screen? Yeah, you can. (laughs) (laughs) When you compare BIPOC neighborhoods, black, indigenous, people of color, BIPOC. When you compare BIPOC neighborhoods to majority white neighborhoods, ethnic minority neighborhoods have 33% less tree canopy on average. And that's transcending income, as I'm not talking about lower-income communities of color, I'm talking about communities of color at large, he said. Well, thank you for that clarification. (laughs) When you add the income factor and compare the top 10% income in a city with the bottom 10%, the lower-income neighborhoods have 41% less tree cover, according to this fellow. Mm. That's why Daly and his team put together what they call a tool to fix this problem in a map showing communities that have proper tree cover through the True Equity Score project. The True Equity Score examines more than 150,000 neighborhoods and 406 municipalities in urban America with at least 50,000 people. 
Using a 0 to 100 point system, each score on the tool indicates whether there are enough trees planted in the community so people can experience what analysts call health, economic, and climate benefits the trees provide. Health experts say that areas with more trees tend to be cooler and healthier. <laughs> what's Larry, what's Doug, Larry think Doug, of that, Chuck? Doug Larry's, just happened to, he just snuck down. Well, you heard that, and he's... he's Larry's very upset. He's scoffing. When you have trees, you can bring your temperature down somewhere between 2 and 10 degrees just by having a tree canopy, said Suzanne Hansen, an environmental sustainability specialist for Evina Line of Health. B as in B, S as in S. When it's 98 degrees and you stand in the shade of a tree, Larry, Mm -hmm. or you go outside and sleep (laughs) under a tree, you might be a degree cooler, but 10 degrees? So, so it's 98 outside, but if I go stand under a tree in my that's yard, right. it's only 88. Well, wait a minute. Maybe that's what they're doing in Vegas. They got a bunch of trees over T-Mobile Arena. That's how they're keeping the ice cool. So um, what's the real motive behind this piece? Do they stand to profit from selling trees? I don't understand what, what the need for <laughs> I'm, this. I'm going I'm to hit my mute button, okay? <laughs> Is he laying He's on your lap? He's reacting to this story. Wow. He, he just stood up here, and uh, then he let his, his opinion be known. John, I thought it was you. Um, maybe you got a hold of a bad cheeseburger or oh. something, and your stomach was growling. I'll, uh, I'll just mute this till I can get him upstairs. Listen to this. Listen to this. Dr. Zeke McKinney is a physician in the Health Partners Occupational and Environmental Mental, uh, Metal, Medical Residency Program, and he has researched this topic for several years. He says the health risks without proper tree coverage are dire. You'll have a lot of associations with increased health events, whether it's cardiovascular or cerebral vascular, which, which things involving blood vessels or brain vessels like strokes, for example, he said. Of course, you'll see more heat stress events, such as heat stroke and people becoming more dehydrated. In addition, Dr. McKinney says, the lack of tree coverage can impact food safety in areas that are not as cool. Things like salmonella uh, are more common with warmer temperatures. You're going to see more vector-borne illnesses for mosquitoes because mosquitoes tend to thrive in warmer temperatures. So you're going to uh, have more of a collection of those. Experts like McKinney, because he's an expert, Say planting more trees in vulnerable communities is critical to health. Well, why don't you go plant them then? Yeah, get on it. American Forests hopes communities nationwide will use this data to get more trees planted in the areas needed most. Jad Daly says his team of experts plan to update the equity map as jurisdictions invest in tree planting to keep track of the progress. Well, I did the score for the Twins uh, for Minneapolis. It was 97 out of 100. Oh. But hmm. but apparently you can move the cursor to a specific neighborhood. Oh, and, and that then, one And then might it might be... drop down to 78 out of 100. Oh, okay. But gotcha. overall, Minneapolis was 97 out of 100. Isn't that pretty good? I think so. That's, I like that number. I have a picture of uh, our first house probably built in the late 30s in St. Paul. There were no trees on the block. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Really? Those photos are amazing. Yeah, there are no yeah. trees on the block. Yep. Was it because it was considered a new development at the time? No, trees that's, are an invasive species in this area. This was a plain. True. This was yeah, a plain. True. Look at any picture of any golf course in the Twin Cities. 
They were treeless in 1915. Chris, generally a line south of I-94, save for the big woods, was prairie. Um, I-94 is where the prairie met the hardwoods. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. And it was a hardship uh, for us without a tree. Uh, Couldn't hang a little swing. Well, we got a lot of salmonella and we... Barely uh, made it through. He eked out. Couldn't go to school because we were too exhausted. Hell, you had ancestors, Such, that uh, be, for lack of trees, they had to live in a sod hut. That's well, right. John, how do people live yeah. in North Dakota? You, uh, there's there's uh, there's trees there, Joe. No, not, I know, not, but the vast majority of the land in North Dakota is treeless. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. If you drive the highway, it's very treeless. Right. Well, that's right. because very. you guys are racist in North Dakota. Yeah, apparently. Where did you go, John? Mandan? I went to, uh, back to Bismarck. Yeah. Bismarck. Bismarck. I'm sure Mandan, Bismarck has some trees. A lot of trees, yes. Yeah. A lot of trees. Good. Now, which Dakota is uh, Bismarck in? That'd be, that'd be, be the north, That'd Kenny. be the north. Not a territory anymore, Kenny. <laughs> what do you think, uh, caller? You can give us a car. You've got a nice tree in your backyard. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> yeah. Do you have in your news that the legislature is going to pump $1.2 billion more into the state's classrooms? I, I do have that. I'm yes. good because I don't want to cover it. Because that's just kiss, just bend over and kiss that goodbye. <laughs> well, they need, Joe, Joe, it's for education. It's a bottomless pit of spending. Joe, I guess he is going to well, do the story. Wh- why do you hate the kids, Joe? I yeah. do. I just hate kids. <laughs> what was the previous number? How much has it gone up? Uh, well, I, well, it's more than half. The, what we spend on education in Minnesota is more than half the state's budget. Yikes. It's not enough. It's never enough. No. Never will be. Never will be enough. Wait till the next governor takes over. It never will be enough. Say uh, the 4th of July is coming up, and we're getting good reports about the success people are having getting down to maximum load fireworks in Arcadia uh, between uh, Washburn and Winona on the Wisconsin side. Uh, Lots of GLers have made that trip. They're happy they did. Maximum Load has the best selection at 30 to 50% less than other stores just across the border. But here's the best part. They'll put together a complete choreographed fireworks show for you. But if you like putting it together yourself, Maximum Load will accommodate you. They have all the best personally selected by Bird Hesley, willow shells, double breakers, Mine shells with color breaks. Maximum load has them at the best prices around. This is the big stuff that makes everybody in the neighborhood go, holy yes. bleep. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, it's really good stuff. It's a uh, it's a pleasant, pleasant drive. It's north of Dodge if you're coming by way of Winona. You can become the fireworks king of your neighborhood this summer. Head to Maximum Load Fireworks in Arcadia, Wisconsin. You can find them online at Maximum Load Fireworks, all one word, MaximumLoadFireworks.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. MGLS, Maple Grove Lock and Safe. I'm going to lay uh, two facts on you right now, GLers. Liberty Safe, the best safe ever made. And um, Maple Grove Lock and Safe, the best place in town to get it. I don't. You can debate. You know what? Go ahead and blah, blah, blah me all day long. Those are the facts that I know, and I'm sticking with it. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com, the website. That's where you'll see and meet Rich for the first time. He's the owner and proprietor. Rich's deal is uh, he's there for us to help us save ourselves from ourselves so we don't blow a wad of cash on a safe we don't truly need. Or maybe we do need it. That's why Rich is there. He's going to help us.
match our needs with our needs. <laughs> there you go. Offered, that a boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. You go to him. Uh, Rich <laughs> offers full commercial and residential lock and safe <laughs> services. Uh, he puts up with a lot from me. Uh, safes of all sizes can be found from uh, Rich, and it won't be long. He's going to be in brand new digs, uh, also there in Maple Grove. If you hadn't haven't had a chance yet, please stop in or log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Minnesota's divided legislature has agreed to pump $1.2 billion more into the state's classrooms. Oh, God help us. Over the next four years and spend $250 million on bonuses for workers like nurses and grocery store clerks who were on the front lines of the pandemic. How about liquor store workers? They were on the front lines. They were. Yes, they were. How about podcast producers? I came in here every day. Yeah. Education deal struck on Tuesday represents the single largest increase in school funding in 15 years and could stave off, according to the school folks, some teacher layoffs triggered by the pandemic. The breakthrough on K-12 funding and the plan to help essential workers come as legislators have one week left to wrap up the next two-year state budget and avoid a government shutdown. Top lawmakers remained confident they could sort out remaining differences before that deadline, including lingering divisions over the public safety budget. For the first time since he announced his resignation last month, former assistant Washington County attorney Imran Ali is talking publicly about the reasons why he decided to leave as the lead attorney in the second-degree manslaughter case against former Brooklyn Center police officer Kimberly Potter, who shot and killed 20-year-old Dante Wright in April. He spoke with Five Eyewitness News, and uh, it's no surprise he says it was a difficult decision, but he said it got to a point where outside influences started affecting his job as a minister of justice, and he decided to walk away. He says it's not one side or the other. It's coming from all signs, and there is an erosion of this process that we have and is embedded in our Constitution and our country. What happened leading up to this was a very difficult few weeks for me. He said he supports activists and activism because of his career as an activist, but he says in his opinion there were times when some people who wanted Potter charged with third-degree murder instead of second-degree manslaughter went too far in their rhetoric, making it hard for him to do his job properly as a prosecutor. He said they all spread misinformation, lies, using intimidation, bullying. It's not the way the justice system should work for everyone who's been accused of a crime. 45-year-old Duluth man now facing felony charges for reportedly shooting a St. Cloud man after crashing that stolen vehicle in the man's front yard. The Duluth man is Jason uh, Jason R. Beckman. He told investigators he got lost while driving in South St. Cloud, uh, swerved to avoid a branch and lost control. Beckman said he then knocked on the front door of the house, thought the man who answered, 68-year-old St. Cloud University professor Ed Ward, was a man who had pointed a tan rifle at him earlier at a grocery store in Waite Park. As Ward tried to slam the door, Beckman shot him in the chest and abdomen before fleeing on the nearby Beaver Island Trail, according to the complaint. Told, investiga- told investigators he wasn't sure if the man with the rifle was real, as he'd been previously diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and manic depressive disorder. All of that according to the complaint. He was arrested shortly thereafter, about 10 after 7 Sunday morning, while walking about a mile and a half from the area near Hollenbach Hall on the St. Cloud State Campus. He was in possession of a 45 caliber handgun and cartridges. <clears throat> Is this so if if he was diagnosed with all of those conditions, was he also under the influence, John? Do we know that? I don't know. Don't say. That I do not have. Why was this guy out and about? I don't know. 
Did they say anything about him being on or off his meds? They oh. have nothing about the meds, nope. He, uh, you've seen his photo, right? Yep. Yes, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sexually transmitted diseases and HIV infections declined in Minnesota last year, 2%. That's the first time it's declined in some time. That's because nobody left their house for six months. And it's what's great about this piece is they act like they're baffled by it. They're still trying to figure it out. The next next line is health officials are uncertain. (laughs) <laughs> well, we can explain it to him. Yeah, I, I, Joe, you had what's Joe. called a pandemic lockdown. Joe, Joe, we need a study for that's this. true. Come another on, committee, man. another committee. Here you, here you, Rumpf. STDs involving chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis declined one percent, while new HIV infections dropped eighteen percent from the previous year. Minnesota's STD numbers had routinely reached record highs in recent years, largely through increases in diagnosed cases of chlamydia. Washington County Sheriff's Office is asking for the public's help trying to solve two recent incidents of vandalism in northern Washington County. The incidents included the destruction of Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate signs in May Township and a swastika spray painted on a Subaru Outback in Scandia. Both acts of vandalism occurred within the past week, according to Sheriff Dan Starry. He said it's not clear if they're related. If you uh, know anything about all this, you should call the Washington County Sheriff Office's tip line. American authorities seized a lot of Iran state-linked news website, uh, state-linked, I'm sorry, news website domains. They're accusing them of spreading disinformation, according to the U.S. Justice Department. The department said 33 of the seized websites were used by the Iranian Islamic Radio and Television Union, which was singled out by the U.S. government last October for what officials described as efforts to spread disinformation and sow discord among American voters ahead of the 2020 presidential election. Have you guys been following the ivermectin story no. at all? It's, it's this um, anti-parasitic drug. Um, that has been used experimental uh, as, as a COVID-19 treatment. And the people that have been bringing it up and talking about it are some of the smartest people on the planet, but continue to be censored uh, by, by, um, by Facebook, Big Twitter, tech. Yeah. Big Tech, and uh, YouTube. And now Oxford is actually conducting experiments on it, so all these people, YouTube included, are eventually going to have to backtrack and, and you know admit that the censorship they're doing is wrong. It's, it's a fascinating story if, if you want to follow hmm. it. It's anyway. a story about a drug? Yeah, ivermectin. Yep. Ivermectin. Yep. And yep. It's, it shows promise in what? Curing COVID? Treating, treating it? Treating a COVID-19 treatment, yes. Was this in, yeah, lieu of, in lieu of a vaccination? That's what I was going yeah, to cheap and very available, and uh, it has been proven in certain patients to work. Um, and studies have been really hard to come by because, uh, because I don't know why. You know, there's a lot of accusations as to why, and there, there's people that are to blame, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's just fascinating. Hmm. And I think we'll know a lot more about it in the next month or so. And we should hopefully be hearing more and more. And it'd be nice if mainstream media would hop on this story. Yeah, anyway. well, what's coming up on the ride? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. California is pursuing an ambitious plan to pay off the entirety of unpaid rent from low-income tenants who fell behind during the pandemic, what would constitute the largest ever rent relief program in the United States. The state's governor, Gavin Newsom, is negotiating with legislators and said the 5.2 
billion, that's with a B, dollar plan, would pay landlords all of what they were owed while giving renters a clean slate. Yeah. Recall me now, huh? <laughs> An estimated 900,000 renters in California owe an average of $4,600 in back rent, according to a recent analysis. Wow. Without aggressive protections and relief, experts say the state would experience a tsunami of evictions and a dramatic worsening of the homelessness crisis. Even with restrictions on evictions in place since March 2020, uh, renters have continued to be pushed out of homes while out of work and unable to pay a high cost of rent in the state of California. Federal eviction protections are due to expire at the end of June, as are California's regulations, which applied to many renters in the state. Chris, are you still a landlord? Uh, no longer. No, 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 yeah. no longer. And I'm uh, I'm glad I got out when I did. I'll just yeah, put it that no way. Um, but I find here's what I find funny about this story. You guys read that I believe the year 2020 saw California. It was a California or Los Angeles. John, help me out here. That their population went down for the first time and. 30 years because people oh, were fleeing. I, I thought it was San Francisco, actually. Was Here it San Francisco? Okay. I can see the letters tomorrow. Right. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that, that there's just so many people fleeing that state because they're so sick of things just like this. Huh. Well, uh, they're fleeing, of, but somebody's buying their house. But if they had a population decrease. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you, Chris. Okay, Joe. Yeah. Speaking of Northern California, partiers celebrating Juneteenth in Northern California were seen blocking an ambulance with a woman twerking on top of the ambulance despite responders trying to navigate through the scene to get victims of a shooting in which one person was killed and several others were injured. The Oakland Police Department thinks Saturday's shooting at Lake Merritt was gang-related and multiple shooters are still being sought as of uh, Tuesday. An estimated 5,000 people were gathered near where the incident occurred at about 6.20 in the evening. A 22-year-old San Francisco man was killed. Seven people injured in that shooting. As first responders are trying to make their way through the scene following the shooting, several people began dancing and twerking against and on the top of the ambulance while a large crowd watched and cheered. At one point, someone climbed on top of the vehicle and a woman danced while standing on the hood. There could be no greater example of the decline of moral and ethical integrity than that story. Yep. Yeah. Hmm? And what restraint shown by the, the driver when he would what, hit the gas. Well, you yeah. can't do that. I know you can't do that. I found the story uh, from the LA Times, by the way. The state oh. of California, this is May 7th of 2021, the state of California lost 182,083 people in the year 2020, marking the first population decline ever recorded in the state and underscoring larger trends that recently led to the loss of a congressional seat. California's population is now just less than 39.5 million. The state had shown very small annual increases for the last several years. Once the fastest-growing state in the nation, California saw its population increase from 2 million in 1900 to 34 million in 2000, but that pace of growth has slowed in the new millennium. So there you go. Thank you. You covered your butt. Thank you. <laughs> An alleged member of the Oath Keepers will plead guilty today to charges related to the January 6th insurrection. It's the first plea deal among the Capitol riot cases and could be a significant one, according to folks following it. Oh, yeah, because he's going to be the rat. Yep. <laughs> well, you're exactly correct. 54-year-old <laughs> Graydon Young is from Florida. He went by Gen X Patriot. He's charged in a 16-person conspiracy case alleging members of the Oath Keepers plotted to carry out the January 6th events. Uh, it's not known yet.
yet if Young will agree to cooperate in cases going forward, but it's being assumed that uh, because it's likely he has spoken to investigators as part of obtaining his deal. He is currently charged with six crimes, including conspiracy, aiding and abetting the obstruction of congressional proceeding. Uh, Those could be reduced to fewer counts with a plea deal. In New York City, Guardian Angels founder Curtis Sliwa. Remember Curtis? Wasn't he a local guy? Yeah, he was for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He's won the Republican mayoral primary in New York City. Uh, That probably doesn't mean a whole lot because uh, Democrats outnumber Republicans 7 to 1. It's likely the Democratic nominee will end up uh, the new mayor of New York City. Sliwa is a radio host, still wears his red Guardian Angels beret when he appears in public. He got an endorsement from former Mayor Rudy Giuliani who called him, quote, my great friend in a robocall to Republican voters. He defeated Republican Fernando Mateo. Mateo's a restaurateur who used to be a buddy of Sliwa's, but not anymore. Uh, Mateo was endorsed by Michael Flynn, former President Donald Trump's first national security advisor. Meanwhile, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams appeared to take a fragile lead in the Democratic mayoral primary, but it could be weeks, according to election experts, before it becomes clear who's actually on top, because of the first citywide election to use rank choice voting. Hey, Joe, you remember how you um, you started the show with finding a real positive mm-hmm. note? I saw the kids with their golf on, bags uh, wearing dark socks. Little glimpses of Americana. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to share with you the following. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Three minutes ago, the city of Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry tweeted the following. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no. No, I'm not. <laughs> we have an opportunity to emerge from this pandemic stronger than ever before. Mm-hmm. That starts with investing in the workers and small businesses who carried us through it and prioritize the black and BIPOC businesses that were hit the hardest. BIPOC. Here is his economic rebuilding plan, round one. Mm-hmm. million. 17 will go to direct relief, fee forgiveness, and reductions for small businesses impacted by COVID 19. 14.1 million, Joe, will go to cultural district investments, flexible small business loans, and new commercial property development funding. Wonderful. 3 million will go to guaranteed basic income. Sure. A pilot program. Why not? And (laughs) 2.3 will go to career and skill building and arts and culture workforce. Support, which used to be called school. Right. Where did he get these numbers? That's a big I mean, old. That's federal. Uh, we don't know. It's federal. That. Mo- it's your money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even a taxpayer in Hennepin County. That's probably the money he's getting from the American Rescue Plan. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Here's some good news for you. According to new research from Oregon State University, a pair of compounds that originate from hops the plant that gives beer its flavor and color, can also help prevent hepatic steatosis, which is known as fatty liver disease. Oh, man, you got to drink to prevent liver disease. There we go. That's right. Get yourself (laughs) some hops. It's about time. Estimated 25% of adults in the United States have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which, as the name suggests, is the type of fatty liver disease that develops for reasons not pertaining to drinking alcohol. The study, which was published in eLife, reveals that the compounds, which I won't even try to say, can both mitigate and accumulate fat in the liver caused by dietary choices. It's important because one risk factor is insulin resistance, That can cause your blood sugar levels to spike more easily and regularly. The hops help take care of all of that. Wonderful. Uh, Here's a story that's strange on pretty much every level. An Austrian soldier who posted online pictures of a 
swastika tattoo on one of his testicles was sentenced to 19 months in prison. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Check that this out. Some kind of, that is some kind of devotion. You mean to wow. tell me yeah. not only get the tattoo, but the location. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the sentence handed out earlier this month by an Austrian court to the 29-year-old soldier who is not named owes to an earlier conviction for displaying Nazi symbols, which is forbidden in Austria. He had received a suspended prison sentence prior for posting online pictures of Nazi memorabilia. That sentence was activated when the soldier showed others with whom he had served pictures oh, yeah. of his swastika tattoo. Look at this. <clears throat> Soldiers... <laughs> Soldier said wow. he had been very drunk at the time when sure. he got the tattoo. Yeah. You know, um, I don't care what you put down there. If you're allowing somebody with a needle to go down there, yep. uh -huh. I, I think you, you need the book thrown at you no matter what. That's yeah. right. I don't I care if you put our Lord and Savior down there. There's something wrong with you, <laughs> and you shouldn't do. be out in public. That'd be a weird tattoo <laughs> in that spot, Kenny. Our Lord and Are Savior. we sure it's not just permanent marker? <laughs> yeah, we're sure. And who is the tattoo artist who said, yeah, come All on, right. have a seat. I, I can five that. bucks. Sure. Get on the table. Put your feet up in the stirrups. <laughs> Let's go here. <laughs> air travel air travel uh, can be difficult in the best of times with cramp, cramped planes, screaming babies, flight delays, short tempers. Throw in the pandemic and the anxiety level apparently has risen quickly. That's led to a lot more confrontations with flight attendants and other unruly behavior, including occasional fights that you've probably seen played endlessly on social media. Mm -hmm. Air airlines have, in fact, reported about 3,000 cases of disruptive passengers since January 1st. About 2,300 of those incidents involved passengers who refused to obey the federal requirement to wear a face mask. Over the past decade, the FAA investigated about 140 cases a year. Obviously, we've already crushed that record. This year, it was nearly 500 by May. Things have gotten so bad, the airlines and unions for flight attendants and pilots sent a letter to the U.S. Justice Department Monday urging that more be done to deter egregious behavior on flights. Calm okay, yourself down. Calm yourself <clears throat> yeah. down. Paul, among the staff here, a couple of weeks ago, there was an incident where a... Uh, it's either an out-of-work flight attendant or an off-duty flight attendant caused a big, big, big stink on an airplane. And uh, at one point, the pilot got on the loudspeaker and said, um, we need any real strong males to come to the front of the plane. For yeah. And they responded. Spread. Yes, they did. Uh, so my question to uh, the three of you, um, if, give, if hearing the call, would you in fact respond? 100%. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not strong, but I... I think you have to. I'd be the first one behind Reavers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have I my hand on his belt. Go room. get him. Hanging on. Let's go. Yeah. I think I'd be fourth in line, and I think I'd have my camera ready. <laughs> Calm yourself I, down. Go for a bike ride. There we go. Go for a Bentelli e-bike ride. You can get a Bentelli e-bike with five levels of... I saw a woman riding one yesterday, and she just had no trouble going up a hill. She Big wasn't smile even too, I bet. Yeah, she wasn't even huffing and puffing. You can yeah. get them at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Great people there with a great inventory. Bikes are hard to find. 
EcoFun Motorsports has them, as well as the gas-powered scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure, a full line of youth recreational equipment, Yamaha products, helmets and apparel, but the greatest fit and the greatest values on e-bikes you're going to find in the Twin Cities because they're experts. They'll get you on the right size frame, the right size tires, the right saddle. Everything will be perfect for an entire summer of riding on your Bintelli e-bike from EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. I have a question. Yes. Uh, since we, uh, that we, airline story talked about masks, I just saw a story that said 41% of adults in America still wear their masks. I I don't see that. I I find that hard to believe. I do. Four out, four out of every 10? I see it. Very do common. Really? It, yes, very common. And the closer you get to the yeah. country's tallest building. Well, I was going to say, was, when I'm here, John, I still see a lot of people wearing them, even when they're outside. Yeah. I don't see any up here. And in North Dakota, it was yeah, <laughs> pretty no, much zero. COVID was zero. a myth out in North Dakota, was it? <laughs> I don't Still understand the people out for a walk wearing a mask, but you see it very routinely the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. I, I didn't even wear a mask during the height of it during a walk. I don't understand. Either did I. I've never worn a mask would, outside. Yeah. No, I don't know why you would need that. No, I don't but anyway, get it. Anyway, that number, anyway, 41%, which uh, I don't know. Seems high. An anonymous diner at a New Hampshire restaurant left a generous tip for the staff a few weekends ago. A $37 tab, he left a $16,000 tip. Wow. Oh, that had to be a mistake. Come no, on. It, well, uh, Michael Zarella is the owner of the Stumble Inn Bar and Grill on <laughs> Londonderry. He said he just started coming in a month ago. He, at the time, wasn't a regular customer. Zarella says the anonymous diner did not reveal his motivation for leaving the 16 grand. However, he was asked several times if he had somehow made a mistake, repeatedly told the bar manager, no, he had intended to leave the additional 16,000. He said he wanted our staff to have it. He told them all not to spend it in one place. This tip was split between eight bartenders who worked shifts on June 12th, Zarella says. The Stumble Inn Bar and Grill had only opened for indoor dining on May 18th after being closed up during the pandemic. Zarella is also thankful for a really large customer base, he said, that helped ease some of the burden. The anonymous diner still visits from time to time, according to Zarella. Zarella said, I've spoken to him and uh, thanked him again, and he confirmed it was his intention to leave $16,000 for Two grand per bartender. Correct. Mm -hmm. Boy, Nicely done math there. That's a good night. (laughs) Uh, 48 people have been charged after a redneck rave in Kentucky descended into chaos. One man had his throat slit, a woman was choked in a fight over a blanket, and another man became impaled on a log. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. It went through through the bottom of his car vehicle came, came up. Yeah. Oh. Tens of thousands of people attended wait a five-day... Yeah, wait, uh-huh. wait a minute. <clears throat> yeah, yes, sir. A log came up through the bottom of his car? That's correct. There was a lot of... Uh, I saw some video and Got him pictures. in the swimsuit area? Yeah, well, I think it more uh, more above the swimsuit area. Oh, boy. But but there was a lot of driving through mud and, and through... You know what I mean? Well, I've always said, uh, if just, you're going to have a rave, yeah. make it a redneck rave. That's right. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people attended the five-day Redneck Rave Festival at Blue Holler Off-Road Park. Down in the holler. Awesome. Uh-huh. Awesome. Awesome. In the small town of Mammoth Cave, 90 miles south of Louisville. Do- dozens of attendees were charged with a range of offenses, of, uh, offenses from drug trafficking to felony assault. Uh, the sheriff said he knew going in the event would probably cause some problems. He had tried 
to plan for adequate policing in the park, he ended up making the decision to contain the illegal activity to the park because he didn't have enough staff to try and stop it. Law enforcement were told to crack down on any illegal activity happening outside the park, and they set up checkpoints outside the vehicle. Uh, Sheriff Brendan Doyle said the first vehicle that came through, we found meth, marijuana, and an open container. Uh, we figured at that point it might not be a good weekend. By the end of the uh, weekend, 48 people charged. With Johnny. Hey, y'all. Here we go. Here's Kenny with news I've, from the Crappy Coffee Shop. I, I know you want to do something here, Such, but I've actually been to some of these mud bogs mm-hmm. where they'll, they'll, they'll flood a certain area, and then the big challenge is to drive your four-wheeler to, right. through it. Right, It is redneck debauchery. Oh, I like you have ne- It's just the funnest thing. Hold my thing. beer, yeah. You can pause. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to pass your beer off. You can hold it and do it at the same time. With one of those sippy it's, cup helmets. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most fun you could ever have. Anyway. <laughs> All right, thank you. Better than a good day at work. So... By my standards, that means a bad day fishing with a good cigar is probably the best day ever. And the best way to make that great bad day fishing is to get that great cigar from Sodi's. That was a long way, wasn't it? <laughs> when, when you roll into Sodi's to buy your cigars, you'll find out it's a great experience, a great shop with a huge humidor stocked with a wide variety of cigars, a wonderful smoking lounge, uh, all separated from the purchasing area. And it has a state-of-the-art ventilation system in, so you can go in, smoke your cigar, walk out, and not carry that smell home with you. The only thing missing here is a fishing pond or a creek. Uh, the guys at Sodi's they have the knowledge to pick out exactly what's right for you. Cigars, that is, not crawlers or minnows. Uh, but if you're an old cigar pro, in that case, look into joining the Sodi's Club. That's a special membership. You receive a personal cigar locker there in the store and a 15% discount on all merchandise. They're located right off Highway 36, south side of 36 on Osgood and Stillwater. It's the last light right before you head over the new bridge. Hang a right on Osgood. You'll see Sodi's Cigar and Pipe immediately on your right. You'll also find them at Sodi'sCigars.com. And when you roll in there, tell them that the uh, crew at Garage Logic Podcast sent you. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shushere Show. Easy for me to say. A couple of things to make mention here from our friends at Harmony Spirits down there in beautiful Harmony, Minnesota. First of all, they have their vodka seltzer that is now on tap in their tasting room. You can pick your flavor or flavor combo, including chocolate and peanut butter? Question mark? Uh, also, some, maybe some coconut, whatever you want. They they have those for you there down at the tasting room in Harmony, Minnesota. So stop in. But also uh, check out the exciting news that they have on their Facebook page to order pre-order. Excuse me, uh, one of their straight bourbon whiskey uh, special reserve bottles, and they're only going to release two hundred. So the first two hundred, uh, first come, first serve. So make sure you check out their Facebook page. But also, if you're going to be in the area for the Fourth of July, a very cool. 4th of July car show you can see right there from their tasting room in Harmony, Minnesota. I know they always usually get a huge crowd for that, so I know that'll be a lot of fun for the 4th of July weekend. And make sure you let the folks know at Harmony Spirits that GL sent you in. I have a ruling requested from Steve, who happens to be a nephew of John Height's brother, Tim. Hmm. Oh, huh. See, a nephew of your... What's that mean? He's your brother's... He must be my brother... Uh, my brother's wife's 
son. Nephew. Nephew. I, I don't know. Joel, a situation presented itself to me today that may require a ruling or at least input from your collection of toads. Kenny, <laughs> Kenny for sure. I was driving on Highway 55 with my better half today in Medina when we passed what looked like an amazing garage wood specimen. I was beginning to make a move and stop for the retrieval, but was overruled. My largely GL-minded bride hadn't gotten the memo on the importance of garage wood. I'm not sure how I've, I'm not sure how, as I've collected and even named pieces based on their uses. Arriving home, I came to the conclusion I would wait one hour to make sure the rightful owner had ample time to return for it. The 60 minutes was up when I drove back to find a perfect 4-by-4-inch, 5-foot, rough-cut oak masterpiece with only minor road rash. It's perfectly square on every side and as heavy as a car battery. There's a dis- there, there's distinguished hammer marks, measurements all over it, and an RJH written on it with what appears to be done with a thick carpenter's pencil. The ruling I'm looking for is whether or not I should put it back on the road tomorrow or treat it as my own. I don't want to upset the garage wood gods, but I already used it to break a rusted snowmobile trailer wheel free. Just one whack. It's not a stretch to say I feel a relationship could be building. Please advise. I'm saying that... Now, he he didn't wait 48 hours, but this has nothing to do with the 48-hour rule. He waited one hour. I don't see why it cannot be his. In other words, it must have fallen off a truck or a trailer. And whoever, whoever lost it hadn't turned around with... And he doesn't know how long it was there when he saw it. So for all we know, uh, whoever lost it uh, had abandoned it, had, had given up looking for it. You, I say it's Joe, his. I say it's you, his. You, Joe, and GLers should know that, I mean, asking me that kind of question, if a guy in front of me drops his wallet and it's full of cash, I'd pick it up and put it in my wa- and pocket and I'd turn and walk the other way. <laughs> I mean, come on. I have, no, I have no moral compass at all. No, none. Well, but you know what? It sounds like he described, Joe, um, carpenters a lot of times will design an oversized sawhorse and they'll put a bunch of measurements on it. So when it comes time to cut a board, they have all the measurements drawn right on the sawhorse. And it sounds like it might have been part of a sawhorse. It's That's five feet, guess. though. Five feet, yeah. four by four. What a yeah, piece of wood. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, quality wood. Oh, and he busted loose a rusted snowmobile trailer wheel? Because that thing has so much power in it. That's yours, I, I, pal. That's yeah, yours, uh, Steve. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, uh, I see no reason that you've, you fulfilled a moral obligation just by serving your conscience alone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I did look it up, too. Um, yeah, it's right here. In the state of North Dakota, you were asking to answer your earlier question. Uh, this was John's brother's nephew, which means in the state of North Dakota, they're both allowed to marry. Okay. They, they can, yeah. They... I, uh, I, I, even as we speak, my brother is answering my question about Steve, so I'll find out in a minute and okay. let you know gotcha. what he says. <laughs> that wasn't Only. funny. Yeah. Anything goes out there, huh, That's Jack? right. <laughs> they got trees. Only, you know, a guy gets lonely. A guy gets lonely. We got trees. (laughs) Only. 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 Because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalonga, South Africa, from our friend Tom Lyman, a.k.a. Wanda Gag. 
uh, on this day, on this day in 1870, Adolf. Careful with the last name. Adolf O. Eberhardt is born in Sweden. He would become Minnesota's 17th governor upon the death of John A. Johnson in 1909 and would be elected to the office in 1910. During his tenure, he would sign into law a direct primary bill. He he died on December 6, 1944. Uh, On this day in 1927, Captain Gerhard Fulgero and his 42-foot Viking ship, Leif Erikson, sail into Duluth, completing a voyage from Norway. The uh, ship is now displayed in a Duluth park. I think I saw a picture of it in the paper today. Really? Yeah. Huh. And on this day in... Wait a second. What year did he sail into 1927. From Norway. They had better forms of transportation in 1920. (laughs) Well, I'm sure he did it as a thing, Kenny. It was a thing. In 1975, the Discoverer, a Danish passenger ship, calls at Duluth. No international passenger ships would return to Minnesota for 22 years. Hmm. Reavers, could you help Joe get that hook out of his mouth? Yeah, he really did get fished in. That's got to hurt. How come he didn't take an Uber? That hurt. That hurt. I I have the answer now, okay? Yes. Uh, Steve is the son of... Of my brother's wife's sister and her husband, obviously. Son got that? of your brother's wife's sister. Correct. I got so it. My, my, my Do you know that woman? Uh, I know the woman, yes. Sure. Uh, I don't know Steve. All right. Uh, but I do know that woman. Close woman. family, yeah. huh, John? Well, <laughs> hold on. I just want to make sure I document this fascinating uh, piece of information. <laughs> hey, I do, I do have one really fascinating piece of information. Joe, you'll like this tomorrow. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service debuts a Yogi Berra stamp. Oh, boy. I'll get a couple sheets. That's oh, pretty yeah. cool. Oh, that boy. Cool. Oh, boy. I'd like a good sheet of new stamps. Yep. But what are they now? 49 cents? No, they're in the 50s. They're 50-something, like right? Here's my question. Still a miracle to me. When when you go get your Yogi Berra stamps, you still use them. You don't keep them, correct? Oh, God, I use them. Well, then what's the point of getting them? You're not going to keep them. Eh, you're sending a nice message to whoever's. I, I put a stamp. What, to center point when you're mailing in your bill? No, oh. I, I, no, I have a variety of stamps. And the way I do it when I'm playing offices, if it's mundane or benign, they get a, they get nothing. They get, no, they oh, get a flag stamp. They get a regular. But if somebody, um, something interesting, they're going to get Yogi Berra. Okay. How about you know. Bugs Bunny? You like Bug, the Bugs I'll Bunny do, I'll do Bugs. All on I'll do Bugs. That. That's they are uh, 55 cents, so 55. 55. Are these special at 55, or is that what we're up to? That's what we're up to. The forever stamp is now 55 cents. Man, I got forever stamps that are in the 40s. Those aren't going to work. Oh, yeah, yeah it's forever. forever. No, they're, they're forever. No, they're forever. Oh, okay. They're forever. Do you miss licking the stamp, Joe? No. That used to be a fun deal. That was pretty much the only licking you ever did. <laughs> Can we hit the music? No, we can't. We can't because i got to tell you about a better form of transportation than (laughs) flying over here in that leaky Leif Erikson boat, whatever the hell the name of it was. What was it? The The SS Minnow. I believe it was the SS Minnow. It's called the Leif Erikson. I'd rather travel in a Volkswagen, although that's hard to do across the ocean, isn't it? Even though they're made across the ocean. That's right. Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen in Maplewood on the corner of 36 and 61, 0% now for 60 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles. The all new Volkswagen Taos is in stock. 
It's an all-new SUV that is slightly smaller than the Tiguan and loaded with technology. But if you think that's loaded with technology, they also have the all-electric ID4 available for June delivery. That's a that's a technocrat's dream, that thing. That is an amazing, amazing vehicle with more technology than I could ever possibly master. Uh, this is a multi-generational dealership. They sell in Fiat's. Alfa Romeos and Volkswagens is where I've shopped, and I've shopped for years and will continue to. I've gotten to know the people, went to school with them. Uh, it's a, You're not going to be disappointed. These are great values at Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Also, while you're on the Internet, why don't you scoot on over and like and subscribe the Garage Logic YouTube channel. And I think we're going to have a new one drop today on that GL YouTube channel. Thank you to the thousands of you GLers that have already subscribed to our channel. And don't forget to download that PodMN app where when you listen to Garage Logic daily, you have the chance to win fantastic GL prizes. We'll catch you tomorrow, bruh.